Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, what do D.C. startups really need? Sometimes you don't need money to solve a problem. You just need an advocate who will get the frozen middle out of the way or help champion your idea through the implementation. The Department of Defense is an organization that is in line for a significant increase in spending. The question is whether or not we'll get good value for money. Many people are concerned about whether or not the federal government can truly innovate. An individual who's been in the middle of this trend is Jim Perkins. He's the executive director for the Defense Entrepreneurs Forum, a national organization with strong connections here in D.C. that's working this problem. Jim, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, John. Well, innovation, bringing innovation to the federal government, it's the mission of Defense Entrepreneurs Forum. Why don't you give us a little bit of a picture about how you're going about cracking this nut? For us, it's a cultural problem. And changing culture is about changing mindsets and the people that are involved. So our method is, is very people-centric. Deaf, we try to create an opportunity or an outlet for those creative, innovative, entrepreneurial people to come together with their ideas, share them, even if they are contrarian or you know, sort of um, wild or unbelievable, but to give a give an outlet for that because right now the federal bureaucracy just doesn't even allow that. Uh, so risk uh, averse. Risk adverse is certainly a phrase I've heard. Look, the federal acquisition rules are designed to prevent government officials from pointing an entrepreneur and say, yeah, I want that. Exactly. Uh, and there are good reasons for it, but it is a significant impediment. Now, Jim, you, you're you serving right now. You're in the military, uh, going to be transitioning out over the next few months. Why would you, as people within the establishment, look to reach out and try to solve this problem? For me, and I think what a lot of people would say is that it, it really comes down to sort of a, belief, a deeper belief in service. And that's it's a surprising element that has underpinned a lot of things that we do. A lot of us came to serve and improve the national security enterprise, and we just saw that in our day jobs, we weren't given that opportunity. Um, because of risk aversion, we were stifled in trying to do better, to try to uh, do something in a way that we hadn't been doing before. And uh, DEF more or less gives you hope. It gives you the, uh, it lets you see that there are people uh, who are senior leaders and other uh, junior members who share that passion for improving it and recognize that sometimes you don't need money to solve a problem. You just need an advocate who will get the, the frozen middle out of the way or you know, help champion your idea through to implementation. And uh, when I found out about it, it just resonated with me deeply because being, being passionate about national security and improving it, finally finding something like this after, you know, uh, for me, it had been about a decade, it was unbelievable to see that something like this was coming together. I have had people who do business in Silicon Valley in Washington, D.C. tell me that they see the significant difference in the two entrepreneur cultures as follows. Their experience in Silicon Valley is that it's very product-oriented, but most entrepreneurs are very, very concerned about making money as a primary goal, whereas conversely, I have been told that people believe that entrepreneurs in the D.C. region much more interested in service. Is that something that you've seen as you've operated Defense Entrepreneurs Forum? I think absolutely that's true. I think one of the big things that people want to to serve and continue to do this, and people will push for an, a, a solution for a problem or work to, to solve a problem for free because they realize that the inherent value of that is for collective national benefit. If we can do the business of national security better and cheaper and faster, it doesn't really matter to them if they get paid for doing it. That's what they signed up to do. 
and the fact that they couldn't do it in their day job, they're more than happy to do it in their personal time. So give us an example of where an entrepreneurial approach through the uh, Defense Entrepreneurs Forum has, has been able to shape or solve a government problem. There's a list of great examples. And the, the first one I always like to go to is a naval officer from the uh, Naval Academy named Pete Barkley. He talked about a guy who was solving a problem and not trying to make money off of it. He used mathematical modeling software to just create a flight scheduler, which the previous way of doing business was you put eight officers in a room for eight hours of the day, every day, and they will use a whiteboard and some magnets and either they run out of aircraft flight instructors or pilots and you know whichever comes first they're gonna that's their solution for the next day's training plan and we all know that that's that's a solution but it's definitely not the most optimal solution and then if someone comes in the next day saying i'm sick or this aircraft is down well all right we're just gonna scratch that whole thing off as opposed to you know you can just use a computer algorithm to to solve this and he continued to push this forward and people just kept pushing back saying, no, 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 don't worry. We, we've got this. We, we have a way of doing it. That's not the way we've done it. And he wasn't even trying to make money or sell anything to the government. It was just, we can do this better. Um, that's, that's my favorite story because he, he won an innovation competition a few years ago. And all he needed was a senior leader to become his advocate to help push it through the Air Force and the Navy. That's been my experience as well, that often uh, the people in line care to serve or trying to find solutions. It does come down to leadership and a willingness to provide top-level cover. Jim, do you get the sense, any way to tell so far whether or not the Trump administration is going to be as interested in innovation as the Obama administration appeared to be? I don't know if there's a way to tell, honestly. And I think that there's so much work to be done in innovation within the defense industry that we've, we've got plenty to work on, uh, sort of regardless of uh, a personal opinion for it. Um, I know that the DIUX is still uh, running and growing, and that's uh, a, a wonderful blessing for the DOD. Last thought for you. Do you think that veterans are an untapped resource in the D.C. region's entrepreneur community? I definitely think that we could be doing a lot more. Uh, I don't think that they're untapped because you, you have all sorts of great organizations, whether it's uh, yours or Eastern Foundry or you know some of the other co-working spaces that are really um, like the Bunker Labs in, in Virginia. You know they're all. Todd Connor has been the huge, the biggest advocate of veterans as entrepreneurs because we are people who are fundamentally given a hard problem and scarce resources and said make something happen with it. And uh, untapped, no, but we still have a lot more that we could be doing. And I think they're uh, a critical. Uh, resource to solving all the problems that we have. I agree. Take somebody who's got a service orientation and a belief that any problem can be solved with hard work. You got a recipe for success. Exactly. Which is a great example of what you did with the Defense Entrepreneurs Forum. Jim, this organization sounds both important and also a lot of fun to be involved with. How do our listeners find out about it? Uh, for the folks in the DC area, there are a lot of easy ways. The The first one is go to our website, defenseentrepreneurs.org. Uh, you can sign up on the, the join us page or you can even, um, if you are truly active, become a part of the leadership team. Uh, Friday, May 12th is DefX DC, which is our one day uh, annual conference here. And then we've got a monthly happy hour event the second Tuesday of the month. So join us. Jim Perkins, thanks for joining us and getting us up to speed on an organization's making a difference. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. Our executive producers, Tracy Madigan, and our online contributors are Michael Hoffman and Barbara Ulrich. 
I am Jonathan Aberman. We tell you what's working in Washington, but we're also asking the question, what's working in Washington for you? So please let us know. We're on Twitter at What's Working DC. We look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, goodbye.